0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the GenJ podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Heffington, and this show is brought to you by your friends at Generation Joshua. As we travel around the country working with young leaders, we meet all sorts of amazing people who are working to change their corner of the world for the better. If you've ever been to one of our I Govern camps, you've probably heard from some of these people. But we thought that it would be awesome if we could sit down for some in-depth conversations and get their stories on the record so that we could share them with the greater GenJ community. This podcast is the culmination of that process, and we think that you're going to find these conversations encouraging and inspiring. So go ahead, pop in your headphones, connect to your Bluetooth speaker, whatever you got to do, and let's get into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gen J podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Heffington, and I'm here getting ready to have a conversation with Alyssa Cruz. Uh, If you've been around Gen J for a while, you've probably met Alyssa. Um, But for those of you who don't know her, let me just tell you a little bit about her. Alyssa is a homeschool graduate who is passionate about making a difference in the world around her. She currently works full time for the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, splitting her time between serving as the assistant to the vice president of litigation and helping Generation Joshua with all of their administrative needs. Alyssa loves teaching and has spent all of her adult life mentoring and training middle and high school age students to become the leaders and world shapers they are called to be. When she's not working, you will find her hanging out with friends, painting with watercolors, or enjoying a good book or movie. Those things sound awesome. And Alyssa, it is so good to have you on the show today. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks. I'm excited to be here. This is great.
0: (laughs) It's been, uh, we've, we've, uh, you know, started this during lockdown when we weren't, Mm -hmm. when we weren't like seeing anybody face to face. And now Mm -hmm. we've kind of phased some back into the Gen J and HSLDA offices. So Mm -hmm. now we're for those of you who aren't here with us, we're sitting in a boardroom, recording the podcast, and it's good to good to finally be doing it. All right, so Alyssa, we have a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about some of the things that you know were mentioned in your bio, but the first thing I like to do when I have people on the show is to kind of go back because everybody's coming in with the snapshot of where they're at yep. today but there's mm-hmm. always a backstory. So yeah, <laughs> it's I know true. I'm sure you have a backstory too. <laughs> and the first question I want to ask is where did you grow up and what kind of place was it?
1: Sure. Uh, so I grew up in the Richmond, Virginia area. I spent my whole life was, Born and raised in Richmond, Virginia, up until a few cool. years ago when I moved up here to work full-time for HSLDA. Um, my family homeschooled me all the way through. Um, in fact, my mom was a, a Montessori public school teacher um, back oh, before wow. she started homeschooling me, and, and her experience with that decided that she was did not want to put her kids into public school and okay, felt like she okay. could do the best teaching her own kids. So oh, cool. she talked to my dad, who at the time was a little bit hesitant about this homeschooling thing, and into uh, letting her homeschool me and yeah, well, the rest is history. (laughs) Wow.
0: That's really neat. So I didn't realize that she was a Montessori teacher. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. That's really cool. Yes, Montessori and then special ed was what she uh, majored in in college. So. Wow.
0: So did you get like, um, Montessori homeschool?
2: Like, uh,
1: some, yeah, she used, she used some of the, the different like techniques and things, especially early on in the early development. Um, like a lot wow. of touch and, uh, holding and they're, they're very much like kinetic learning. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Um, and that was, I think that helped me a lot in early. That's on really learning, cool. So, yeah.
0: I love that. That's awesome. So, um, when you were growing up, As you know, obviously not when you're like a toddler or something, but as you were growing up, would you say that you grew up in a political family or, you know, as you got involved with Gen J and HSLDA or something like that, was that kind of thing that came later in your life?
1: No, I definitely think my family has always been very political. Like since from, from very, very tiny, I have very, very early memories of watching election results. i don't, I think it might have been, um, like Clinton running for his second term. Okay, sure. Like yeah. I'm very, very tiny. And just remember getting to stay up very late and watching election results come uh-huh. in and having parents being disappointed with the results. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but actually it's funny cause my mom, um, kind of blames Bill Clinton's original election for, uh, me coming early because she has this memory. She tells of being very, very pregnant. Like she was about okay. two weeks out from her due date okay. going and voting and he got elected and she was disappointed and I was born two days later. Oh
0: my goodness. Whoa, whoa! So. Groundbreaking news on the Gen J podcast. Anybody who is like wanting to have their baby faster, go lose an election. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's ever happened on a student action team. Yeah, Hopefully not. I hope not. <laughs> Hopefully we haven't had uh, babies delivered on a student action team.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Um, that is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was then a very good offset for for an election result that she wasn't happy about was getting (laughs) getting her uh, first daughter so that's pretty cool very neat Um, so you, you know not everybody was raised with a family where you know, you were tiny and the election results were on and, you know, you were remembering that night, but obviously that's different than having kind of that mind or that, that focus Mm -hmm. yourself. Right. So I, you know, and I don't know if we talked about this at the beginning, but you know, one thing that I know you've done over the years is you've been involved on Gen J student action teams. Mm -hmm. You've worked in politics, you've done grassroots campaigning and lobbying and, you know, all this kind of stuff that, that Gen J likes to do. And, you know, does in a bunch of different places. Um, so you have that political side. Was that like, um, what, what I guess, was there a moment or an issue where that became personal to you and wasn't just, eh, this is kind of like something that we do.
1: You know, that's a really, really good question. And I'm trying, I've been trying to like think of one specific issue and I don't really have one right off the top of my head that comes up. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, up until you know uh, up until i got involved in generation joshua it was just kind of it was something that my family was very involved in and and my parents always talked about so i always had an opinion although at that time it was definitely more my parents opinion than Uh my own sure um but then once i got involved in gen j i realized that there was a lot more to this being involved in politics Mm -hmm. and that i really could make a difference as as a young person in in the political realm
0: do you have like a age range that you would say that was like like was that like you know 13, 14, or like 16,
1: 17? Uh, probably about 15, 16. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I got involved in Generation Joshua in 2008.
2: Okay. I'm cool. From
1: some dear friends who had been involved for probably about four years at that point and okay. been trying to talk my parents into getting us involved. And finally, in 2008, they're like, well, it's an election year. We'll go uh-huh. ahead. We'll, we'll try this thing. Um, and then that fall, I had a different set of friends who, uh, Basically talked my parents into letting me go on a student action team, okay. which was kind of impressive because like I heard about it, thought it sounded like student action teams sound like a lot of fun. You know, I can be actually involved in a campaign. Sure. That sounds really cool. Right. And this particular friend, uh, their family was more conservative, more strict about what they would let their kids do than my family was. And my okay. family was like, well, if they're letting their daughter go do this thing <laughs> with this organization, I guess it's safe for Alyssa to go. Um, and uh, so they they let That's me go. Awesome. And that was, yeah, first student action team, I was 15. I think I celebrated my 16th birthday right after. Whoa. The, the campaign. Do you remember
0: the candidate or the issue? Uh,
1: yeah, so we were up here in Northern Virginia campaigning for Frank Wolf and Jim okay. Gilmore for U.S. Senate, and Whoa. Gilmore didn't win, Wolf did. Yeah, um, and obviously McCain didn't win either that right. year, but uh, right. that was that was fun. Um, that was a it was definitely it was an experience. Like doing, I think I still have the T-shirt that I got from the oh, campaign wow. for Frank Wolf.
0: That's pretty um, amazing. It's a little
1: worn out now, but yeah. it's, uh it was big at the time, and now it fits just fine. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's that's the yeah. that's the story of. Being young and going on campaigns is your shirts are always a little bit like a little baggy when you're getting like the leftover <laughs> yes. volunteer shirts. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that was actually great because my next question was how did you get involved with Gen J? And mm-hmm. you did now. I'm trying to remember because I I've known you for for a while and mm-hmm. I don't remember. Were you ever part of a Gen J club or not?
1: I actually was. yes. Yeah. Okay, so we had a club in Richmond area for about a year. Um, that met and, and did different events. We did yeah. actually a lot with the Tidewater group, which you were a part of. I was, yeah. Um, your group was more active in actually going and doing lobbying than mine was. Uh-huh. Uh, mine was made up of a bunch of really awesome people who also, though, were heavily involved in speech and debate, and speech and okay. debate went out named okay. for yeah. what happened with the club. <laughs>
2: but yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, actually, I was very briefly, I think I was treasurer for about half of the oh, cool. time that our club lived. That's neat. It was either treasurer or vice president. I wasn't president, but I don't remember which one it was. I
0: started when I when I first got involved in my Gen J club. I started as treasurer, um, or at one point I was treasurer. I don't know mm-hmm. if I started as treasurer. We had like we didn't have much money. We weren't like you know it's not like yeah. a money raising thing, but <laughs> yeah. we did have like a money bag, like one of the bank bags, you know, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> like the zipper kind. Mm-hmm. I remember being so stressed. I felt like the uh, servant in the Bible story where it's like he goes and buries his master's coin in the in the field because I would take that money back and I'd be like so nervous. Like, And this is like, I don't know if this is like an insight into my mind or something, but it's like I knew that I had been responsible with it and that I had like put it in a good spot and I would like mm-hmm. put it up on a shelf and then bring it to the next meeting, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was like at my house. Somehow I was like, worried every time that there was not gonna be the same amount of money in and <laughs> it's not like I was taking money from it or anybody was taking money from it. I was just like, just mm-hmm. my luck. They'll probably like be not the right amount of money. <laughs>
1: That, I think that was always one of my fears too, is like yeah. the number wasn't going to come out and I was not going to know what happened to the money. And it right. was like,
0: right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was probably, we probably had $60. So I probably could have like scrounged and, you know, <laughs> replaced it anyways, but it was stressful to me.
1: Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> I totally understand that.
0: Um, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, all right. So, Oh, this is a good question. Kind of around that same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I hear through the grapevine or have, you know, possibly evidence that you used <laughs> to be an aspiring filmmaker
1: mm-hmm, and that
0: you yeah. may have even uh, helped create a documentary. Is that true?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, that is actually true. Um, so I had a lot of interest in film and media um, especially, uh, yeah, early high school era, uh-huh. um, I got involved originally doing film with my church. I had a friend there okay. who was also the the tech pastor for the church and oh, he kind of took me under his wing and taught me a whole bunch about, um, you know, sound and video and mixing and editing. Cool. And, uh, then actually the same friends who got me involved in Generation Joshua, they were very passionate about, um, the parental rights amendment and wanting to get yeah. that added to the constitution. Uh, so one year and 2010 at a like new year's day party they were doing at their house, okay. they brought up the idea of doing a documentary to highlight why that, that issue is so important. Yeah. And since I had some background in it, they asked if I was interested in participating. And of course I was like, definitely, That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds like a really awesome opportunity. Um, yeah, so we we spent the summer, uh, spent the spring putting together a script. spent spent the summer doing a whole lot of filming and um, doing, and then I spent the fall. I practically lived at their house for the fall, uh-huh. doing the editing and putting together the the, pro, the the documentary. Yeah, and like looking back, it's definitely very much of a kind of a student film. Like, uh-huh. it, we we thought of ourselves as being very professional, and we uh-huh. kind of were for what we had. But yeah, um, like. By today's standards, it's probably not that sure, for documentary. Sure, yeah. But it was a really, really good experience. That's um, really neat. So yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: Did um Yeah, I think I remember because I was I was friends with we were all kind of
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Alyssa and I go far back. So we kinda <laughs> yeah. had to, we shared friend <laughs> groups, all this. Mm-hmm. And um I think I I do remember coming by that house while you guys were doing the edit and mm-hmm. like there like it was just like Kind of constantly this edit, and like I even came over a few afternoons, but I was just like, yeah, it's like perma twenty four seven edit going (laughs) on. Like (laughs) you just kind of pop by and expect there be editing.
1: Yeah, we actually I remember we did shifts. Like there was like a late night shift, and like you know I would I would go to bed somewhere about midnight or so, and and Grace would take over and do till like five o'clock in the morning, and like yeah we had we had some shifts because we had a deadline that we had to have it done by, and. Um, cause we had some film festivals and things we wanted mm-hmm. to submit it to and things yep. like that. But yeah, actually, I think that's when I met you Really, was that new year's day party. Cause you were running for president of your, of your ginger ah, club. Ah, back <laughs> in my like,
0: campaign days.
1: Yeah. And I think that was the first time I met you. And I
0: didn't then, give a speech there. Did I?
1: Uh, I think you did. You oh. and Caleb kitchen. Uh, were okay, Uh, <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
0: I remember, um, I don't think that I don't think it was necessarily a bad speech no. but um I don't remember what I said. I just remember that the moms in the room afterwards came up to me and they were like, We would vote for you for the real president. <laughs> and of course then it felt really good, but you know, having I'm like, uh that I don't know. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Whatever I must have said. Um I don't know what I was promising. Um I probably was not I was probably giving a speech that was like an America speech, not a Gen J Club speech. <laughs> But, uh,
1: probably, I don't even remember what you said now, but uh, I remember, I mean, I do remember being impressed and oh, I think, well, I think nice you got idea. elected president at I that did point, get elected so president. I yeah. I was happy about that. We actually
0: had a, that was a funny story. Uh, we should do a podcast episode about just like the ins and outs of local Gen J clubs.
1: Yeah. That Cause we had
0: the, <laughs> the election that I was running in. it was like, I was running against a buddy of mine. so like, wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't bitter or anything, but there was this thing that I thought they were trying to pull at the last minute where we had a couple members that never showed up but were technically members mm-hmm. and like the week before election day for the club elections they were like can we do absentee voting <laughs> and i'm like wait a second i'm like the people who don't show up probably know this other guy better than they know me and they're trying to like pull this whole like you know voter fraud like absentee election thing swing the whole election <laughs> um but uh i mean it wouldn't have really mattered, but, um, I don't think absentee voting was allowed. So just went the other way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's amazing. All right. So, um, I appreciate you kind of sharing, digging into the backstory and kind of, you know, some of the, the fun stuff that just doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. wouldn't necessarily come up at like a Gen J event or something, but is relevant, Mm -hmm. uh, to where you got to, to where you are today. Um, now I kind of want to transition and talk a bit more current about like you know things that are happening, what you're doing, mm-hmm. what you think about the world, sure. um, and I think one thing that's fresh on everybody's minds, possibly including the people listening to the show, is that it's been a crazy year
2: mm-hmm. so far. There's memes <laughs>
0: about 2020 everywhere, yeah. you know, um, and specifically it's been crazy with with our team with Gen J as we we went through you know plan A B C D like half the mm-hmm. alphabet for. <laughs> for Uh, I govern camps and ultimately because of the governor's restrictions and other realities, um, we had to make the difficult call to cancel camps Mm -hmm. and you know, everybody listening should know that it shouldn't come as a surprise. Um, but do know, I know I've seen, I've seen the sad Instagram posts. I've seen, (laughs) I've gotten some messages. I'm with you. I feel it. I think everybody here does, but all of that, it's been a crazy year. We Mm -hmm. had all these versions of camp. You're part of the team that plans that that strategizes for that. Yeah. What are your reflections on that process and feel free to extend it to like just this year as a whole. If you want to say something, you know, Mm -hmm. wise, profound, inspiring, (laughs) silly, I don't know, like whatever, you know, about just this, how weird everything's been this year.
1: Yeah. I I don't know that I've got anything like profound to say necessarily. I definitely like, I think my, uh, I have decided this year has just been a wild ride. Like, Mm -hmm. We started out the year with everything being pretty normal around Gen J life. Like we were expecting to do camps, we yeah. did this kind of crazy North Carolina multi conference program in one week kind of event, which was a lot of fun. Yep. And then we hit March, and yep. kind of the world just kind of wow, changed. wow. That North overnight. Carolina
0: thing was in actually in 2020. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, man, it was. that's weird. It
1: was back at the beginning of February, which weird. was Yeah, it is crazy. That feels like a lifetime ago, right yeah, it now. It does. Um, yeah, because we got to, we got to March. You yeah. guys did North Dakota, and then the yeah, next no, that's week, right, that's right. The world yeah. went crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, um, so yeah, it's definitely been a wild ride. It was especially dealing with camp. Like we've been, I know we all were trying really hard to make camp happen, yeah. and you know went back and forth over and over again. You know, can we do it? Is it going to happen? Yeah. I don't know. Um, which did make the spring a little stressful cause mm-hmm. it was, you know, is it going to change? And then like we had to cancel statecraft first yeah. and that was really hard. Um, yep. and it was kind of a crazy point in time too, because we were getting ready to have all of our interns come in for the summer. And yep. so we canceled a camp. We did, uh, had, we're getting ready for interns. And at that point in time, HLA was switching to a new database and I was in the middle of all the testing to make yeah. sure that the new database was going to work with our website and all the processes and things yeah. we had. And uh, so that was a really crazy couple weeks there in the beginning of May. And it's just been kind of crazy since then. Um, Absolutely. So, but yeah, once we got to a couple weeks ago, started looking like camp wasn't going to happen. And I think it hit me a little bit earlier. Like, I think I got to a point where I was like, oh, camp may not happen Mm -hmm. a bit earlier than a lot of other people did. Yeah. And so I had a little more time, which I kind of needed to process all Uh the emotions from that because it really... You know, Gen J camps have been a part of my life. Uh, I first staffed my first iGovern camp in 2013. Wow. Yeah. And I have staffed a camp, at least one camp, every summer since then. So yeah. this would have been my eighth year
0: wow. doing Gen J camps
1: yeah. as some form of staff. And uh, so not having that this summer at all, I mean, this is the first time in, eight, in like seven or eight years yeah. that I haven't had a camp that I've been staffing. Yep. Um, And that's hard. You know, I was really looking forward to. <clears throat> especially the kids, like the kids mm-hmm. are one of my favorite parts of camp. And there were some seniors this year that I was really looking forward mm-hmm. to getting to, you know, do one last year camp with and get yeah. to see that I you know, didn't get to see. And I know yeah. you guys probably feel the same way too, just like missing camp and stuff. Um, if you're listening but,
0: seniors, we love you all.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, you guys should sign up for the leadership core. That's what you should do so you can Good come point. staff our programs. <laughs> so yeah. But once, once the decision was made that we, we needed to cancel camps because we, legally couldn't have camps in either in either Colorado or Virginia. Um, you know, it was, a it was really, really sad. I also, I felt a a tiny bit relieved because Mm -hmm. it had been so stressful and kind of just like the back and forth and having kind of having it decided and it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Like Mm -hmm. I did want camp to happen very much. Um, but being able to be like, okay, so it's settled, this is not happening. Right. But we're gonna be doing this really awesome conference thing instead. Yeah. You know, that that was a good like transition. I'm really excited about the Future America Conference. I think it's gonna provide some really awesome things that Genji hasn't been able to do in the past. Yeah. And we wouldn't have gotten to do if Corona hadn't cancelled literally everything this yeah. year. Yeah. So No, it's know, true.
0: Like, I mean, even this podcast wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Most likely if we if we hadn't had a lot of stuff change. So there's definitely the silver linings. And I do think, I mean, I think all of us wanted camp to happen mm-hmm. first. That was our first goal. But this conference, and for those of you who are wondering, this conference is not just going to be like an online iGovern. That's something that we knew we, that's just not even something you can do. Yeah. iGovern is like the magic of iGovern is like the the interactions, the relationships, the in-person fun we have. Um, but this conference, I think, is going to be equally as valuable and equally as um impactful in just a different way mm-hmm. because I mean yeah. what better you know what time have we needed more in recent years a conference about like the foundational ideas of America hope for the future of America you know what what does America mean like mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah. how do we think about what's going on like right. you know that seems like a pretty good thing for this year so mm-hmm. I'm I'm too I'm excited about that too yeah. <laughs> those are good thoughts mm-hmm. um talking about work life Your bio says that you are the assistant to a vice president at the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. So law firm, national Mm -hmm. deal, members all across the country kind of does some international work, too. (laughs) Yep. Um, What does that involve?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love my job. I love yeah. what I get to do. Um, working with Jim Mason, who's the vice president of litigation. Uh, he's also the vice president of HSLDA action mm-hmm. and the president of parental And he, parental he writes
0: again, yeah, exactly,
1: back like, the day. Like, <laughs> actually full circle here. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I really love, uh, l- love getting to work with him. He is a great guy. Like, um, if you ever get a chance to meet him, he's really intimidating when you first get to meet him. Like he comes across as very serious and and he's a lawyer, like he Uh is very serious, but he has this great, really dry sense of humor Mm -hmm. that once you get to know him, you get to see. And uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. (laughs) um, So yeah, but but I get to help him in my job um, basically kind of just with anything that he needs help with that's administrative related, that isn't necessarily legal. So he has Mm -hmm. a legal assistant who helps him with specific legal cases. So I don't have a lot of legal knowledge though over the last, Almost three years that I have been here, I have picked up a decent amount of sure. knowledge on, you know, things. And there's been a few days where I've yep. had to step in and be the legal assistant for the day because the yep. legal assistant was sick or something like yep. that. Um, but I'm usually helping him with, you know, things like, you know, just keeping an eye on emails. um scheduling meetings, things like that, you know, doing research projects when he needed. He had a project last week that he had me working on, um, looking up some data on homeschooling. And that was actually really fun. I learned a whole bunch about different states and how they do homeschool data. It was really interesting. Um, So, uh, but uh, one of my favorite parts though of of this job is actually getting to uh, help him with his travel plans. So he's uh, a national speaker. He'll go and speak at many different homeschool conferences and not just homeschool conferences, but different um, organizations will have him come speak on different um, topics that he's very knowledgeable on. And so I usually get to be the point of contact for those organizations. So they contact us. Yeah. We I set up all the details. Um, but my favorite part is arranging like the travel and parts like that because I've I've gotten to be really good thanks to Gen J at booking flights <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> you're finding good deals and yep. uh, you know find, you know just setting up the different details. And it, it's just it's fun to be able yeah. to help him with that um, and to be able to do things like that. So yeah,
0: that's really neat. Very cool. You also um, you also have easy access to his fridge, which has delicious drinks. In it. I don't
2: know if <laughs> that, you that's, partake.
1: That, that's true. I don't, I don't very, I very rarely go get stuff from his office, um, but it is, it is an option. And I do like, actually I'm kind of responsible for him having the fridge in oh, okay. of his office. So you put the
0: delicious sparkling waters and stuff in <laughs> so, there.
1: Sometimes, sometimes. I, so. uh,
0: I was in, a, I was in that office for a prayer meeting one time and was very thankful for the sparkling <laughs> water. Yes. So, he, so I he. guess I should thank you as well as Jim. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's see. So, but that's not all you do, no. Because you're also <laughs> a key part of the team at Genj. Mm-hmm. and so um, you can. I'd love to you, you to kind of talk through some of what your role at Genji looks like. Mm-hmm. Also, possibly share any insight or, or whatever you have on what it's like to be actively involved, key roles in two teams that are both doing mm-hmm. not like not like. Uh, you know, they're very, they're very compatible missions, but like mm-hmm. they're doing like HSLA and GenJ are doing like different things that are always big goals. We don't mm-hmm. really do yeah. small goals <laughs> around here. So like, yeah, no. <laughs> what is that like?
1: You know, it's it's challenging. I'll be yeah. honest. Like I, I love being able to work both for Jim and for Gen J, and yeah. I get to do what I do. But it is a challenging um, balancing act that yeah. I have to maintain. Um, I really appreciate that both Jen J and Jim trust me to make decision on you know how best to balance yep. it. Um, so far, Gen J and Jim have managed to not have gigantic projects at, at simultaneously. There's usually Ooh. a couple of minutes apart. That <laughs> but- seems like some divine uh,
0: <laughs> intervention because I don't think we're that I don't think we're that yeah. gorgeous. <laughs> no. Um, yeah,
1: no, I, yeah, it, it all, it all works out. Then um, there's some days where, it's, especially where it's hard, where I can switch, I have to switch from like the legal mindset, yeah. and the legal world to Gen J and which is, you know, kids and yeah civics education and just yeah. kind of a very different world two different yeah. worlds you know in, in a matter of a few minutes and there are days where that's challenging but also there's days where that's just like it's it's fun too mm-hmm. um yeah because with gen j I, I do a lot of different things like i basically the way we've got it worked out is like i do the administrative stuff for mm-hmm. gen j but that looks like a lot of different things so like during camp season it's you know helping manage registration and yep. helping manage the communications interns and yep. you know uh planning and ordering different things for camp you know everything kind of changes you know
0: and there's a good chance that anyone here listening who who was emailing or calling about camp this year talked with you or or yeah. you know somebody you were working with mm-hmm. um because Alyssa is is frontline for all of that stuff for us making sure that you guys who are listening get actually you know taken care of so mm-hmm. everyone needs to thank Alyssa for that send her a message on Instagram <laughs> or
1: something yeah, no, I, and I love that. Like, honestly, I love being able to do the front end uh, customer service part for GenJ because I love getting to like help people with their different problems or answer questions about Gen J yeah. and, and our different programs. Um, but then it also makes it fun because, like, when we get to like camp or SITs or things like that, and one of you guys actually comes and I get to meet you in person, it's like, oh, we've right. been talking, we've been communicating. Right. Now I finally have a face to put to the name or exactly. the voice. And uh, there's actually been a few times where I've been like checking people in and I've seen the name and be like, oh, you're so and so. And they're like, oh, you're Alyssa. And I I'm feel like, like, you're meeting like yeah. a pen pal
0: for the first time yeah, or something. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. I also though recently have been getting to do a little bit of graphic design stuff with Gen yeah, yeah. which I have been really enjoying. Like you guys, um, we had a whole bunch of stuff we worked up for camp that you mm-hmm. guys didn't get to see, which is a little bit sad, but yeah. it was uh, it was really fun to be able to work on that. And like the Future of America logo um, that you guys have probably seen, that's actually something I got to help yeah. create, which well, is uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, like it's pretty awesome to be able to do that. So yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. You
0: are multi-talented and I definitely have always, and I think I've told you this, not on a microphone, but <laughs> I'll say it again on the microphone. I've always admired how you how you do that, like how you, you just kind of seamlessly blend in between two worlds. You are very talented at it. So if you ever, I think that's really good experience for, for actually multiple like areas or fields because there's mm-hmm. some jobs where it's like you work for the same person, but you still need that skill set. I'm thinking like, I know that West wing isn't completely real life, but my friends who've worked in the white house, you know, can, <laughs> yeah. can testify like to, you know, how there's, there's a little bit of truth to it. And it kind of reminds me of like West wing where it's like, you're like walking down, like you're in this zone, you're in this meeting, you're in this subject. Mm-hmm. And then like, you have to walk into this next room and be like, you know, literally a different subject. It's like, we're <laughs> going from like, you know, maps to national security. Like, you know, it's like, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I kind of get that kind of a vibe from it, which cool. is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Next question. What you, you know? You're talking about some of the the fun experiences of like having emailed or phone call with somebody, meeting mm-hmm. them at camp. What is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned through your involvement with Gen J? And this can be something that hit you as a student,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and now as now as a staffer, like whatever, whatever, wherever you want. to Take that. Take it. But but what's something that you've learned that's like you you intend to carry with you?
1: Wow. There's a lot of stuff popping in my head right now. You, you don't have to keep the one
0: thing. I, I, whatever you want to say. Different lessons. Yeah. I mean,
1: having been involved in GenJ now for 12 years, like mm-hmm. uh, on varying levels, you do learn different lessons at different points in, 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 life. Um, I know like as a staffer, one of the major things I've learned is the importance of delegation and asking for deadlines.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there have been a few points where I have gotten assignments from different J staff and, uh, forgotten to ask for a deadline, panicked, did the thing like really fast yeah. and then found out it wasn't needed for like two weeks, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, you know, things like that. Or, you know, like making, learning how to also say no, like mm-hmm. to, to manage time. Well, cause saying yes to everything, and I guess this can be a life just lesson in general. Like if you say yes to everything, if you agree to do everything, yep. you're never doing a, like, you can often get yourself to a point where you're not doing anything well, right. you're just doing all the things yep. and there is value in picking like, you know, it's that choice between, like, good and best yep. and picking the best and choosing to do what's best. Yeah, And and it takes, I think, time and experience to learn what is best versus what is good and right. how to make that decision. Um, you know, and I think that even comes down to, you know, even like even as a student, but not just as a staff or two of just looking how we approach um anywhere in in the United States and in politics, you know, just, you know, just because we can, does that Mm -hmm. mean we should, you know? And that's a really important question that I know we ask a lot at Gen J and especially at camps, we give the kids lots of options to be able to, you know, you guys can make decisions and and you have all these options in front of you, but is that the best choice just because you can do something? Does that mean you should, you know?
0: Exactly. And, you know, spoiler alert, uh, this doesn't really spoil anything, but, you know, If you ever do a Gen J simulation, you will be given more power than you should use in almost every situation (laughs) because we're we're trying to, we're trying to give you a a real life simulation where it's like, you know, yes, you can technically do this. Should you, (laughs) there's a decent chance not. (laughs) Um, but of course sometimes you got to, so that's why, you know, we we don't, we don't spoil it for you. You have to sort through that yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, similarly, maybe less, less, uh, seriously, do you have any crazy Gen J stories like from camps or student action teams or other events like, you know, <laughs> or, or do you have any crazy ones that you can tell on the podcast?
1: Yeah. So I'm trying to think of ones I can tell on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> some, <laughs> some experiences. Um, I mean, I feel like every Gen J camp is a crazy story, like just all the things happen. I mean, you put a bunch of teenagers together, give them a bunch of made up scenarios that have just enough real life in them that, you know, that challenges them. Yeah. And, and sometimes really funny, really crazy things, um, happen, especially, uh, I feel like, especially in the white house, mm-hmm. like <laughs> you can,
2: <laughs>
1: yep. I've come into the white house a few times, like during camp and I've been like, what did I just walk into? Like they're yeah. talking about like, I don't know. I mean, like, what was it last year at West? No, it was a couple years at West where okay. they had like the Uno reverse card that they wanted to use to reverse the water for the oh, dams right. because we'd had, the story was <laughs> oh, like there was like this dam that had failed in Washington state and they were trying to figure out, you know, what happened, if it was yeah. an accident or not. And there was a lot of water heading towards really populated areas. Yep. And at one point the White House decided that if they made a giant Uno reverse card or they threw it at it, it maybe would reverse the water. Oh, and like, goodness. we're like, what, what is, what is happening right Can you say now? the
0: White House, was the president <laughs> involved in that? Or was yeah, that just like I, random advisors?
1: I don't know. I think the president was kind no, of I'm involved. Like this was his random advisors throwing things at Dear him. president. And I just like walked in the White House at, at the at the camp and I was like, "What? what is at happening? Either the wrong right
0: or the very right time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, That's amazing. But yeah. No, there's there's so many. I feel like there could be so many fun stories told from camps. Yeah. And, and
0: That's I'm getting inspired with different podcast episode ideas right now. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there should be like a round table like Crazy SAT stories, or like crazy things you saw on the road or at a door, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or something like that. That would be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, I feel like um, even like because I helped run DOD for several years at yeah. Statecraft. Okay, and right. Like just some of the things, some of the order forms that we got uh-huh. and storylines that happened in DOD, like yep. there, there could be some really great stuff. Oh, yeah.
0: There, <laughs> th- some that. of those orders should, <laughs> should, should. Uh, never be published unless it's under a pseudonym or that kid's (laughs) life is going to be like, they're never going to get a job in the real DOD.
1: (laughs) Again, can versus should. (laughs) Right,
0: right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is uh, another good thing though about Mm -hmm. canvas. It's it's a simulation. It gives you the freedom to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's in some ways it's a game. It's more than a game, but it's, it, the, the consequences Mm -hmm. are more like a game where it's not actually, lives aren't actually at stake. Mm -hmm. when you're trying out your slightly harebrained theories. Um, That's awesome. Uh, One other thing, and I ask this... um, Well, I'm going to see what your answer is on this, and then I might chime in too.
2: Okay.
0: Um, But I was going to say, what are your thoughts on, and this is, I'm thinking more like student action teams or Mm -hmm. other events, you know, it could be, it could just be at like camp drop off or something, but Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts or reflections on Gen J parents Mm -hmm. slash, do you have any favorite stories involving Gen J parents?
1: I mean, I think Gen.J. parents are also a really important part of what we do, mm-hmm. um, especially as yes, student action teams. I have had some really awesome parents that I've gotten to work with over the years. I do have a few favorites that, like, mm-hmm. if I can, I want them on my team. You know, yeah. well, some of them, their kids now have aged out of the program, yeah. and so they're they're you know not as involved as right, they used to right. be. Um but I've got some really great memories from being in vans with like um, Nancy Maudlin. Okay. Some of you probably have met. I don't know if you've met her or not, but yeah. she's she is a great Gen J mom, and she's a, like can be a pretty intense person. But she also is really good at motivating kids oh, yeah. to like Nancy's, work really hard. And yeah. she and I get along great. <laughs> like, so when I get really stressed, I. I think I have a little bit of dyslexia or something like okay. that and so when I get really stressed I will often mix up numbers and words okay. like, um, okay. like when I'm really tired so and she's gotten really good at reading and knowing like if she's my van driver uh-huh. which way I'm trying to tell her to go oh, because interesting. the thing I get okay. mixed up is my left and So right. you
0: can say the wrong word <laughs> yes. but she'll still know what you mean. Yes. So oh like, man that's some type of mind's link there.
1: Yeah exactly well and it helps a little bit too because we had a system worked out where like okay. if I wanted us to go right and I said left but I was pointing right she knew whatever direction I was pointing, that was the direction that I wanted us to go. That and makes sense. like, and it doesn't happen on a normal day. It's just yeah. when I'm really tired and stressed yeah. that I and like things are mix things crazy. up. Yes. Yeah. Things are getting crazy, but we had this great system and she usually could like tell where I wanted to go when I said things and That's it worked great. out. I right.
0: love
2: right.
0: That. <laughs>
1: so <real>. yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love Nancy. She's great. I wonder if Nancy listens to the podcast. Nancy, if you listen to the podcast, send us a message. We should,
1: uh, yeah,
0: we should, uh, I don't know. Everything now is turning into an episode idea for me. You tell I've been <laughs> producing a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, oh, we should have like a parents, uh, you know, reflections guest podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to say this was going to be my chime in. You uh, are related to one of to one of the most popular Gen J parents, which is your <laughs> dad, Mark, mm-hmm. because he. Uh, is always just seems like no matter what, like student action team or something he goes on, like our mm-hmm. leaders come back, the students come back, they're like, that dad was so great. Like <laughs> we want him again on our student action team. So mm-hmm. I think at one point we even got him to like write the manual or like the letter or something of introduction yeah. to mm-hmm. like, to like parents on student action team. So yeah, Gen J parents are, are rock stars and we couldn't do it without mm-hmm. them. Um, That's awesome. They're
1: they're really important to making not only student action teams happen, but also our clubs and even getting the kids to camp. Like they're, they're all.
0: Well, and ultimately like like, what we, you know, we know at Gen J as much as it, you know, as much as we want to be able to offer students and stuff, we're like a fraction of their lives and their parents mm -hmm. are there like mentoring them, training them, you know, whatever it is like their whole life. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, yeah. yeah. Where would we be without parents? None (laughs) of us would be here. Um, Man. Okay. Let's get, uh, let's dive a little deep. Um, mm-hmm. and this is going to be a really easy question. No, it's not actually. Um, <laughs> what do you think is the biggest issue that young people are facing these days? Again, if you don't want to keep it to one issue, I'm not going to make you, this is our podcast.
1: You know, I, I, I've been trying to think about the best answer for this this okay. question because I feel like there's a lot of issues right now in our country and in our world that, that yeah. young people are facing. Um, I think, I don't know. I feel like the biggest issue potentially could be just like who to trust. Okay. Like, you know, we have so much information and so many things that are available to us that we're Mm -hmm. bombarded with. And we're always told, you know, this is the right thing or this is the right thing. And we're expecting, I mean, kids who haven't had much time or chance or experience to know and understand. And, you know, they've talked about millennials and Gen Z are very, um, They're very cause-driven. They're very Mm -hmm. passionate. And so there's a lot of emotion and we do things based off of, you know, how we feel about things. But there's so much that this world is putting into us and distracting and not even just not distracting, but just like there's so much information and things being thrown at us. that figuring out, you know, what is truth? What is, you know, the world is not black and white and Mm -hmm. it can't be like we live, you know, we have to you know, look at each issue and each situation individually and being able to think through things. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's really challenging, you know, and, and especially when you aren't sure who to trust to get information from or things like that, you know, being discerning, it's, it's, it's hard, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's super valid. Um, do you have any, uh, has that been, has that been true in your own life? And do you have any like Tips (laughs) tips <laughs> for anybody who's like yes that's me that's my situation right now
1: yeah you know i i do think that that has been an issue just even in my own life even in like the last few months like there's been between the coronavirus and yeah. cultural issues that have come up yeah. and different things there's so much just being thrown at us that it's very it can feel very overwhelming honestly yeah. and there's been a few points where i felt very overwhelmed just looking at the world around me um i think for me and i haven't i don't necessarily know like the best way to find you know all the answers right. but for me having being a christian and yeah. having a biblical base for my morals for what i'm looking for like yeah. having a, a base for truth that's mm-hmm. really really important and then having people that i can trust who i can go talk to who are themselves looking and you know trying to discern what is yeah. what is true or what is the thing that we need to be passionate or caring about, yep. you know, and be able to have discussions and conversations that has really helped me. Like I know most of the J staff, if you guys don't know us super well, we're all actually a pretty tight team. Mm-hmm. And so I know when I'm struggling with stuff, I can go talk to different people on the team yep. and get, you know, kind of their perspective on things. And it's kind of amazing because within the J team, we have a lot of different opinions True, true. true Yeah. We're like not,
0: we, we're, we're not <laughs> homogenous when it comes to <laughs> opinions.
1: No, we're like, there, there are some areas where we're very united, but I mean, just like you guys are too, like you're, we're each individual people. We have different, um, backgrounds. I mean, our own backgrounds are very different in our group and in this group. And that gives us kind of different perspectives on life and what's happening. And so having those people that we can, you can go to that you can trust and have a good relationship to talk with and not everyone who's like, you know, your own age or things like that, but having a range of experience and age and life and things like that really do help you be able to discern better, you know, what is truth.
0: I definitely agree with that. And you've got, I think that people have said this a lot, but just, just the fact of like, even if you don't know your final thoughts on a subject, just, Mm -hmm. just like being willing to like chat with someone and kind of let them express their thoughts and questions. And you do the same Mm -hmm. in a way that's like respectful and gracious and all that can really go far. Mm -hmm. And even just helping you Feel better about the process, uh, like, like you know, not not just be wrestling like with like turmoil, but be like, okay, I'm learning. I know a little more today than I did yesterday. We're a little closer to figuring out what I feel, what I think about this. You know, what what truth is. You mm-hmm. know, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think you know, on one hand, on one hand, you could assume. You know, you could dismiss this as kind of like an easy softball question for somebody who is actually working with Generation Joshua. Mm -hmm. But I want to hear it from you personally. And I think that what I've found is that there's actually very diverse and really inspiring things that people say on this topic. And the question is, is it actually important for young people to get involved in politics and why or why not? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Like on the surface, that seems like that's a really simple question. Um, but it's, and and my answer to that would be yes. I do okay. think it is very important for young people to be involved in politics yeah, or at least to be very knowledgeable mm-hmm. about it. Um, but I think it's also, uh, it's also important to keep in mind that politics should not be your entire life. Mm-hmm. That should not be <clears throat> what you live for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, Honestly, like everything else, it will leave you pretty dry and empty. I have friends who have been in politics for years who are, some are still involved, some are not because they got burned out and they lived their life just like to win the next campaign or yep. you know, things like that. And yep. that left them feeling really empty when they were done. Yep. And so it is it is really important. We do have, as young people, have an opportunity to really make a difference with how, what happens in our country in the future. Even if you can't vote, you yep. can make a difference. Um, whether it's, you know, talking to, uh, you know, your neighbors or finding good politics uh, politicians and, you know, helping support them, yep. things like that, um, but also being careful to not make that everything and, yeah. and approaching politics like it's important to approach politics too in a way where just because you don't agree with someone doesn't mean they're the enemy. And I think yep. that's something right now we're really struggling with in in our culture is that we, you know, we run into someone that we don't agree with, you know, and we just kind of like yeah. shut down or we shut them out or we, we, you know,
0: cancel them. We cancel them. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And, and that's, that's not how this should be. Yeah. Like there's, there's always p- things to be learned from other people and you don't have to agree with everything right. that this other person is saying. Right. But that doesn't make them or you a bad person. Right. It just means that you're having dialogue, that you're having communication, that you're you're thinking through the issues. Because yep. all if you, all you ever hear is things that you agree with, yep. you're you're never gonna learn. You're never yep. gonna grow.
0: Wasn't it Justice Scalia who said that he's like, I always make sure that I'm attacking ideas, not people, mm-hmm. because there's some very good people that have some very bad ideas. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. So wasn't, that, yeah. wasn't he and Ginsburg really good friends? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they like, were.
0: They were super good friends. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: For being very politically different in their yeah. views. That, I think that's, but I think that's something we need more of these days is people yep. to be willing to talk about the issues that are here today, but then also to not let that define friendships and define yep. relationships.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Did you grow up knowing exactly what you wanted to do with your life? <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I I did not. Um, so for most, like for a good chunk of my growing up years, I wanted to be a teacher and like teach something in school. As I got a little bit older, I thought it maybe would be history or something Mm -hmm. like that. Then, for a brief stint, I thought I was going to go into meteorology and become a meteorologist (laughs) because I really like that. Um, Then discovered I wasn't quite good enough at math and science to really be really good at that. But but I, I still actually do like probably know more about weather systems. Like that was, yeah. I had a, a series of like aerospace classes that I took oh, cool. in high school and the, the weather one was the one that I aced. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, which that, 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 interest actually comes from my grandfather. He was a meteorologist in the Navy and oh, cool. um, we still talk about the weather sometimes when Aww. we talk to him and uh, he has an interest in that. And so it's always That's something really kind of neat. I just had. Um, so yeah, so meteorology was a phase and then, uh, for a little while it was gonna be filmmaker, like okay, the yep, end of yep. high school. I was like, Oh, this, I love this. I'd like to go into yep. doing school to do this. Um, and then just, I don't know that didn't end up happening or yeah. hasn't happened yet. I yeah. still have gotten you some of those skills, but it yeah, didn't end up happening. Sure. Um, and oddly enough, I am back to teacher now, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I think if you told me in high school that I would be working for generation, Joshua doing administrative assistant yeah. graphic design things I, I might've been like, okay, what happens between now and then? Right. Um, but I think that that's, that's okay. Like for a long time, I really struggled with not yeah. knowing what it was that I really was going to do yeah. when I grew up. Um, because it felt like all of my friends, they had a life plan like laid out yeah. and they were going to you know, graduate and they were going to go to college. And, yeah. you know, I wanted and still I probably may at some point do college, but I yeah. didn't do college right out of high yeah. school. I, you know, started working and it was supposed to be a year off. And then it kind of turned out that God had other plans for my yeah. life and, you know, has kind of through a series of events has led me to where I am today. Yeah. But, you know, I think the takeaway from that looking back now is like being like, it's OK if your life doesn't take the plan or the path that you think it should. That trusting that God does have a good plan for your life and it doesn't always look like what other people's do. Yeah. And that's okay.
0: Yep. Totally. That's, and I mean, I kind of wish, because like I knew, I did, I kind of felt the same way. Like all my friends had like the plan for their life or at least they thought they did And Like what was funny is that even back when I was like, in high school or something, I'd be like, "Yeah, well, that person thinks they know what their plan is for their life, <laughs> but like, yeah. you know, I know that this person is not particularly like the, you know, like like that's what they think they're gonna do, but I don't think they're gonna do that, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, but like, then there was people where it's like they did seem to know exactly what they're gonna do. What's funny is that as I get older, I meet fewer and fewer of those people,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and even the people who seemed to be like blazing sure of (laughs) what their trajectory was from, you know, when we were all like, you know, in Mm -hmm. 10th grade or something.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Like very few of them were like doing that thing that, you know, we all thought they were going to be doing back then or something. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I I don't, Brant told me when I was doing the interview with Brant Edmonston that he thought it was my artistic temperament coming out. (laughs) But I was saying, I was like, you know, it might like, like, you know, I'm curious as to like how much, how much life plan like actually ever is super true Mm -hmm. that somebody just kind of like picks it and sticks with it. And how much is them kind of like adapting and, and showing more or less of how they're kind of rolling with the punches, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm not going to, I'm not making some declarative statement on it. I'm just saying it's interesting because, I felt like back in the day, I knew a lot of people who were like, yes, this is where I'll be in five years, 10 years and all this. But Mm -hmm. one, our world has changed to where like, people don't do like 40 year careers anymore. It's like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna most likely change jobs multiple times as an adult. Um, And, you know, in history, even we see that like, it seems like the most, like the people who were like living with like maybe the most purpose or the most like, you know, kind of something was driving them, their life took many different twists and turns that didn't Mm -hmm. just mirror, you know, somebody else's. So, yeah,
1: no, that's very, I,
0: I love asking that question about, did you know what you wanted to do with your life? Because like, I definitely didn't like, you know, it's (laughs) like, like I, I didn't, you know, people, you know, I don't know. I, I've, I've, I think to me it seems weirder to say yes than to say no. Mm -hmm. But I'm fine like you know, great, mm-hmm. I hope one of my guests is like, yes, I knew from a from a <laughs> you know instant age. What I find is that some people knew exactly the type of impact they wanted to have mm-hmm. from a very young age, which I can relate more to that, where it's like I, like I want you know I want a certain type of impact or I want a certain type of like you know uh, like yes, yeah, so, it's like change the world in a certain way, but not knowing exactly how that plays out. I don't know, anyway, so I'm just getting philosophical. Um, but that's okay. We can do that on our podcast. (laughs) Um, very
1: standard Gen J (laughs) life. That's true. Yeah,
0: that's true. We do. We go from like, you know, super practical things to like philosophizing about the country and life and Mm -hmm. you know, the world. Um, on that note, what stories or figures in history inspire you the most? Keep it philosophical for a minute.
1: You know, that's a really, a really great question. Um, one of the figures in history that's coming to mind right away and maybe this is cuz i have seen hamilton several times okay. recently um is is george washington.
0: Oh cool. Like
1: his i mean i mean i feel like his life kind of took some twists and turns that he wasn't expecting cuz i don't think when he was a kid he was planning on being president of the united states since that didn't wasn't even a thing when he was a kid. Um but just i'm i'm impressed with with yeah his history as a leader like the fact that he, you know, was a very humble leader honestly. Yeah. He was given the opportunity to be king of the United mm-hmm. States and chose not to. And yep. you know, obviously, Hamilton is not an entirely historically accurate representation sure. play um, musical sure. of, of American history. But I love how they present George Washington in there because yeah, he's very much a strong but very real leader yep. who is just trying to do what's best for this country yep. that he cares very much yep. about and the people he cares very much about. You know,
0: I have had I've always loved George Washington and. Um, Something I think that they capture, even if it's not, you know, these specific words he said or something, but the, the just thing they capture about him is the contrast of, of a leader like who, like George Washington was Mm -hmm. with every other, almost every other. Great, you know. Right now, we're actually in a time where it's kind of weird to talk about, you know, admiring the founding fathers, any of them.
1: Yeah, which I
0: think true. is sad. That there's so that we could do a whole episode on that. Yeah, but I do admire the founding fathers. I don't admire everything about them because they were, you know, fallen people like the right. rest of us. They're but, here, yeah. um, but there's a lot to admire. But the reason that George Washington has always stuck out to me is like he is even contrasted amongst his peers mm-hmm. as to like how like not in it for his own legacy or his Mm -hmm, own, like, glory that he was. Because, you know, you have Hamilton, you have Jefferson, you have, you know, many of the other founding fathers, even ones who were, like, strong people of faith, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: who, like, were kind of in it. Like, they were like, of course they believed in the cause, but they were also like, well, if there's an important position to have, might as well be me, you
2: know? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know,
0: that kind of human... uh, selfish ambition was also present for sure. Mm -hmm. But you, it's, you know, I've actually, there's a biography I want to read about George Washington that I haven't gotten to read yet, but I haven't heard of many, many or any stories where that seemed to be a particularly driving force in his life. Mm -hmm. So good, good historical character to pick.
1: Yes. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: What, you know, you talked about admiring his leadership. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the most important quality in a good leader?
1: You know, I, I think it honestly, I think it's humility. I think it's being willing to recognize that you aren't everything. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think a lot of leaders get into a lot of trouble when they start thinking that everything is all about them and everything they're doing is all about them. And you know, an important it's important for a leader to be willing to admit it when they make mistakes yep. and you know i've had some great people that i have you know gotten a chance to you know serve under at different points in yep. time who you know some of them uh are not very humble leaders yep. and they were a little bit harder to serve under because he knew like if they messed up somebody else got blamed for it or things right. like that but i've also had the opportunity to work under some really awesome people who are willing to admit when they've messed up and, you know, and apologize or, you know, work to take care of their people. And I feel like if you think of yourself, you know, that that servant leadership that we talk about sometimes Generation Joshua, like being a servant leader means that you – it isn't all about you, that you see your people and the people that you're leading and you take care of them and – um, you know, I, I grew up, so I, one of the things I did in high school was I was involved in civil air patrol, which okay, is the, sure. uh, civilian auxiliary of the United States air force. Basically it's like JRGC. Civilian auxiliary. Yes. Air Force. Civilian auxiliary of the United States air force. Oh, States air force. Okay. It's the, now it's actually the official auxiliary. Like that's the title now. Oh, interesting. Um, so, and that was. That was a really fun, really great experience. It's kind of like DRTC, but much better. Um,
0: Oh, okay, shots fired. (laughs) Well, not actually, shots fired.
1: (laughs) And, you know, homeschool students can participate, which was a huge thing for me was being able to participate. And one of the major um, programs they have is cadet programs. So it focuses on um, students who are in sixth grade up through age 21 Um, or up till age 21 can participate in basically a leadership program so you learn a lot about aerospace which is where I found out that I love aerospace and flying um, you know and love flying airplanes things like that but also
0: (laughs) we'll come back to that in a minute keep talking
1: (laughs) but also one of the big areas that they teach a lot on is leadership and the importance of leadership and what it means to be a good leader and I had some really great people um, who led the different programs that I was a part of Mm -hmm. as a student uh, as a cadet And one of the lessons that I learned from one of them was the importance of not being, uh, yeah, not being willing to like, don't be willing to ask your people to do things that you wouldn't be willing to do yourself. And that idea of, you know, I feel like that's something that I've kind of carried with me no matter where I am. Like, when I'm doing something, is it something that I'm willing to do? And yep. and I love it when I see that other leaders too. Um, like Joel's a great example of that. Like sometimes like for camp, for a few of you guys who've been to camp, sometimes Joel is the one who drives the very first shuttle, mm-hmm. l- the 5 a.m. shuttle leaving camp after camp is over. And that's something that Joel, like he doesn't do every single year, but a lot of years he's the one I know that I can ask. You know, right. and some of that's because he doesn't have a wing, so he's not up right. still super late. Right. Um, but that's also something that he at one point in time had said that he was willing to do because like Will, who was the director before him had always been the one who drove the first shuttle as like yeah. the leader they're they're the person who can do it and there's lots of other people they can delegate that to
2: yeah but that's
1: something their staff team needed was someone who could drive the van early in yeah. the morning to take that group of kids who has the, the 6:30 a.m flight right
2: right <laughs> you know we love that them. group of kids <laughs> <laughs> but
0: we don't love your flights <laughs>
1: yes uh, yes. so you know those are just things that I have seen in a leader and so I think it's important to you know have the humility to realize that to to approach it as I am a leader yes but it's not all about me Yeah, and I care about my people and take care of my people are really important I love that leadership traits
0: that's fantastic mm-hmm. um let's see I don't do you have time for a couple more questions
1: uh, sure yeah, alright I, I don't more. want to
0: keep you too long but this has been really good mm-hmm. um What do you do? We've talked about a lot of serious stuff this podcast. We've Mm -hmm. talked about like a lot. What do you do for fun?
1: (laughs) That's a good question. Um, What do I do for fun when I'm not working? which is a little bit of a problem right, right Okay, now. right.
2: <laughs> like, good, honestly, that's good. That's great.
1: I, I'm still working on the work-life balance, it, which is hard because when you work for some organization or something that you love, it's really easy to put a lot of time and effort into that. Um, but it is also really important to have, like, fun things that you do outside of work and yep. that aren't work-related. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really enjoy, like, spending time with friends going mm-hmm. on adventures, whether it's actually, like, you know, going on a road trip or just, you know, going to DC and seeing the Mm -hmm. monuments or things like that. I mean, obviously that's been a little bit harder the last few months with not being able to, uh, you know, with, with coronavirus lockdown things like that. Um, one of the fun things we get to do, I get to do during the week is, um, Joel does a Star Trek night at his house for a group of us. And so we get together like on Monday nights and we watch, and we originally were watching through the next generation. uh, No, we were watching through discovery. So Star Trek discovery was what started this whole thing. And then we've kind of kept it with watching different series. I think right now we're working our way through the original series again because Neat. we just you know it's it's fun and yeah. it's like it's a fun thing. And I really love sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love good shows that you know any TV show or movie or even book that make me think. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I would read and we'll watch you know fluffy things at different points in time because sure. I need you know need that mental break. But yeah. I especially enjoy. <clears throat> things that like take you know challenges of today like that's good sci-fi should be allegorical it should be looking sure. at what is happening in the world putting it in a different light and then making you stop and think right. about it and right. so yeah good stories movies I mean maybe that's the filmmaker side of me coming out yeah, too yeah. is wanting to see to to see good uh, tell a good story well to that was about.
0: actually a question that I had which was mm-hmm. what which ones of those have impacted you recently a story, a book, a movie, something like that. Obviously, Star Trek, you are just talking about that. Yeah,
1: So,
2: so, <laughs> Star so Trek kind is kind of a classic. Star Trek he, is, yeah. is definitely
1: a classic. I kind of feel like, well, that's not entirely true, but I was going to say it's kind of an unwritten rule that you have to be a fan of Star Trek to be a Gen J <laughs> Like, It's not exactly true. But it's not entire, exactly true now that I'm sitting here thinking about it because not everybody here is huge fans of Star yeah. Trek.
0: Um, Star Wars would probably actually be a closer...
1: Yeah, probably actually Star Wars. Rule. Basically, you kind of have to be a nerd about something to yeah. work for yeah. Um, But let's see, movies or stories that have impacted me recently. Um, so actually, on Sunday, I was over at Jeremiah's house because my brother Josiah, who's interning with J. Mm-hmm. right now, also lives there currently. Okay, yep. Um, and we were watching this new movie by Tom Hanks, um, or that Tom Hanks stars in, called yep. Greyhound.
2: Oh, yeah. And it's
1: it's actually really, really good. Like, okay. I didn't know very much about it coming into it, but it's it follows... Um, This the ship called Greyhound. It's a destroyer in World War II that's escorting a uh, basically a. The, one of the, the, the like groups that are crossing yeah. the ocean with all of the supplies this and is things that, like that. Um this is that, like
0: super sad one, right?
1: Uh, I mean it is kind of sad, okay. but it's but it's it's a really it was a really good movie that they I mean, it showed the German U boats, like we knew they were incredibly deadly weapon yeah. that the Germans had and they yeah. were very good and did a lot of damage. I mean, there was a point in time during World War Two where the Germans actually had us pinned down to the East Coast. Like we couldn't get ships off the East Coast, which is actually why Civil Air Patrol was formed to help <laughs> fight the U boats. But that's a different Story. That's cool. <laughs> so, um but with, with this movie I loved the fact that like Tom Hanks's character is this um is is the captain of the ship. Okay. And he I so don't
0: It's not ca- it's not just like Captain Phillips in World War 2 though.
1: Uh I don't think so. No. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> um but he's like, it, it takes a really interesting look at just, like, his struggle as a leader, which is okay. something that I really love. I love finding stories. Like, one of my favorite movies is Master and Commander. Oh, um, yeah, classic. Because I love, like, I mean, it's a very classic film, uh-huh. but it's also the leadership lessons and stories that take mm. place in there are, are really strong. And in this one, you see that a lot, too. Like, Phillips, uh, not Phillips, um, Tom Hanks's character, whose name I can't remember right off the top of my head, Um is he's a Christian uh, and that's shown very clearly in this film, which is unusual because it's, you know, I wasn't sure exactly how they were going to present that, but you see that effect, how he approaches leadership and the decisions that he makes as he tries to protect this little, this little crew crossing the Atlantic with their ships. Is the
0: characters name commander Ernest Krause? Uh,
1: I'm not sure. That doesn't sound right, but I'm not sure. Doesn't sound right. (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't know. Um, anyway, but his yeah, was really Hanks' character's name. Yeah. Okay, is it, okay, yeah, is yeah. it? Okay.
0: Commander Ernest Kraus. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I may have missed the first few minutes of the movie. I got okay. there a little bit late, so I may have missed his name, but Kraus. Okay, cool. Um it's kind of like Cruise. that's I one say, of the variations kind of I've close. heard Cruise mispronounced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, but it was a really like it is definitely a very like it, it's a serious film. Um they obviously the the U-boats are very good at their yeah. job and they're trying to to stop them. Yep. Um but watching him work through the leadership decisions that he has to make and take care of his crew yeah. and prioritize his crew. It was a really powerful story. That's so, really neat. Yeah. I want to watch it. Yeah. Highly recommend. I think it's on Apple TV. It was supposed to be released oh, live to theaters, but because right. of Corona yes, it didn't. That's, so, yeah, yeah.
0: Cause I was yeah. following it back when it was promoting like for like a theater date. Mm-hmm. And then I lost track of it cause it stopped yeah. happening.
1: <laughs> theaters are gone. Um, Corona again.
0: <laughs> I want to go back to maybe theater again soon. Yeah, me too. Um, well, I think this has been amazing. I just want to ask you two final questions, which is one, what is next for you and or GenJ? How can people learn more about whatever that is?
1: Okay. Um, well, I mean, the, the conference coming up is a huge thing for Gen J. This is something new that we've never done. Yep. Um, and I think it's going to be great. You know, for me, I'm, I'm not sure what's next. Like right now, I really love what I get to do with Gen yeah. J, and um, actually kind of maybe hoping to do a little more teaching in the future because I do enjoy that. Neat. Um but I'm not sure, you know, it's kind of those things where you spend a lot of time in life just kind of, you know, seeking God and following, yeah. you know, what is, what is his planned? And, you know, I think one of the things I'm working on right now is just being content with where he's placed me mm-hmm. and not worrying too much or focusing too much on what the future holds. Sure. Yeah. Um, cause I can sometimes like, you know, some people, they just like don't care and they're like, Oh, what happens will happen. And, right. and I am not one of those people. I'm uh-huh. a very much a pretty organized, very much planner type mm-hmm. person,
2: Yeah.
1: um, which there's only, I mean, I guess that's, I was gonna say there's, there's only a couple of us at Gen J, but that's not entirely true. But like right. the very detailed people tend to be like Brant, Glenn, and I. Like we tend to uh-huh. be the ones who like focus really deeply on details right. and things like that. And uh, sometimes too much. And so mm-hmm. like being able to be the big picture people, sure. that's yeah, yeah. like, there are several other people on the team who are really good at big picture stuff. Yeah. Um. So, but for me, like thinking about like life and future, like trying to like, you know, just kind of trust that God is in control, yep. you know, Corona obviously, this year, it has not turned out at all like what I thought it was going yeah. to be. It's been quite a kind of a really, really challenging, really hard year. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, God is still faithful. He is still faithful. I've seen him, you know, working and doing good things, even in the midst of this. You yeah. know, uh, we've got a really fun group of interns here right now for yep. at least a little bit longer. And it's been really fun to have them here, even though it's been, you know, like really sad because we spent a lot of time getting ready for camp and yep. now camp's not happening. But to watch them all grow and learn like that's that's something I that's one of my favorite parts of gen is getting to watch like several of our interns we have this year we're campers or kids on student Definitely. action teams yeah. in the past and now yeah. they're in leadership positions and it's yep. just it's a really cool really cool thing to see yeah
0: so that's yeah. been really special any final thoughts as we close anything you'd like to say to the kids listening or the parents listening or or just anything on your mind
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, this was great. I'm really glad to get to talk with you and and get to do this. And, you know, Gen J is is a great organization. It's really, it's, it's really, uh, really cool to be able to be a part of this. And, and I really hope that I get to see some of you guys here soon at uh, one of our events, maybe student action teams this fall, maybe something else. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you ever need anything, feel free to send us a call or an email and you'll probably talk to me. (laughs)
2: Love it. <laughs> and
0: sign up for <laughs> the Future point. of America conference. Yes,
1: sign up for the conference.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, Alyssa, thanks for being here. Yeah. Talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, sounds good. All right. Bye. Hey, friends.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode of the J podcast, go ahead and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, most of the other major podcast sites and apps. Uh, if you really liked the show, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and a review, uh, hopefully a good review, to help other people find it. Uh, this is really helpful when we're starting out with a new show to help people connect with the podcast who are already listening to similar podcasts. We would love to stay in touch with you, so shoot us an email at info at or follow us at generationjoshua on Instagram and if- Instagram facebook we will be back soon with another episode